So today, uh, we're going to talk about lower extremity issues, um, and uh, especially in the younger child, and what they mean, uh, and how to judge um, each one in terms of severity, and how to uh, assess what to do next. So here's a cute little boy. Uh, what is he doing? He's toe walking. Uh, so you can see, and here's the key thing. Uh, there's plenty of kids who are going to go on their tippy toes every once in a while and just play around, right? Just like all of us will go on our tippy toes here and there for whatever reason, right? So we're not talking about the kid who occasionally goes on their tippy toes. What we're talking about is a child who uses 80% or more of his locomotion in this manner, right? So if you have 80% or more of your movement while you're on your feet in this manner, then this is toe walking. And this isn't cute, and this isn't funny, and he isn't just being silly. That's not, I hear that a lot, oh, they're just being silly, or oh, it's just nothing. This is something very significant, because there's one of two things happening with, <coughs> with this kid. One of the things is, is a neurological issue, right? So even though he's walking on his toes, neurologically, what is happening in his little brain? Babinski probably has not been uh, uh, extinguished. So he's going on his toes in order to prevent that kind of crazy feeling in his toes every time he takes a step. So that's the first possibility. Something like that is happening. Or if it's not Babinski, there's some other issue going on with his feet or his lower extremity where he does not get that he can put his foot all the way down. So when you say to a child, Please put your foot down, because I watch parents, just put your foot down, put your foot down. And they're like, they didn't even realize that they had it up. Just like how many times, this is a very similar situation. How many times have you adjusted someone in clinic or in one of your peak offices, and you say, lie down, and the person lies down, and they're holding their shoulders up like this, and they don't even realize it. You say, relax your shoulders, relax your shoulders, and they're like, oh, oh yeah. And they didn't realize that their shoulders are up by their ears, right? It's the same thing, there's a disconnect, right? So he's, he may have a disconnect. There might be a bibisky or might just be a disconnect, and we have to kind of train his feet into realizing that you can relax. So that's the first thing. Now there might be something else going on, right? Once in a while we have had kids who are toe walkers where there is some sort of shortness to the Achilles tendon or the gastroc or something is physically going on with that particular child where something uh, additional needs to be done. But most of the time, 99% of the time when you see something like this, is a neurological thing. And we have to work on their little uh, brain and nerve system to help them. What's happened with these two little ones? What's happened with these guys? Right, we got a towing in over here and a towing out over here, right? So what is, chiropractically speaking, what is the first thing you might think of? Pelvis. Yeah, pelvis, pelvis. So, so, so if a little girl over here is towing in, what's her listing on the side? EX, right, we have an EX ilium on this side. And if a little, I couldn't tell if it was a boy or a girl, I said it was a boy here. A little boy over here is towing out on that side, what do you think his listing would be? I am. <coughs> and that's all potentially true, but before we just jump on the fact that this might be an IN or an EX ilium, what must we assess? Well, we need to assess neurology, but we really need to assess the hip joint first, right? We need to know if there's any sort of leg calve pertes, hip dysplasia, uh, slip, you know, femoral capital epiphysis, skiffy, those kind of things. We need to assess those things. So don't just make a decision. If a child walks into your practice, 
who's towing and towing out and saying, oh, it's just an INRE X. Well, it may very well be, but if you don't assess the hip joint, you, and this little girl over here on her left side has skiffy on that left hip joint, you could adjust from now until the cows come home, and that's not going to do a thing until you identify what's going on, right? So you have to kind of assess the hip, see if there's any clicking in the hip, any tightness in that hip compared to the other side, etc., cetera, um, it, before you start saying it's an IN or an EX ilium. And I think that's a hugely important point because I have seen a number of these things over my career where they have been totally misdiagnosed and completely missed the fact that there is something going on with their hips. Um, and by adjusting, uh, other chiropractors adjusting these children's hips, um, it didn't do anything because there was an underlying issue that had to be assessed. <coughs> okay, so let's look at this. Let's look on the left here. And forgetting about these pictures, this part here, look at this picture here. What's happening with this child over here? Yeah, so you saw some real significant, you know, supernatural, wouldn't that be pronation? Yeah, pronation. Yeah, you have real significant pronation going on over here where the child's, uh, you know, the arch is collapsing, probably very flat-footed, can't see from here, probably very flat-footed. And what these pieces are over here and this, these pictures above are some little orthotics that are changing the Achilles tendon. So we do this a lot with kids who have a, a lot of um, heel pain or foot pain etc., or even adults for that matter, is I will assess them from the back, and a lot of times I'll see this. I'll see these collapsing ar uh, arches. I'll see the Achilles tendon, instead of being straight up and down like this, it is bent off to one side, and suggest to them that they should probably get orthotics. Now, some people will sell orthotics in their office. You can sell foot levelers or super feet or other kind of things. I don't really sell much of anything in my office except for chiropractic. But, uh, but what I think is super important is that if you don't take care of this, then whatever problem they're coming in with is, is gonna still be there, right? So you have a kid who's you know, a, an athletic kid and they have some back pain, and, and they're in, in track or in soccer or lacrosse, and you're not looking at their ankles, then you're missing something, right? So you might keep on adjusting their lower back because they have back pain, but if you don't take care of this, uh, what is this doing to their knees? What is this doing to their hips? If you think going all the way up the kinetic chain, right? So super important to, to make sure you're looking at this stuff and recommend some sort of corrective, aside from adjustments, recommend some sort of corrective arches, you know, orthotics for them. And what's going on with this little girl? Those are called knock knees, right? Those are called knock knees. Um, we have seen a lot of this over the years. Uh, this, there's two, just like with the toe walking, there's two things going on with this. Number one, <coughs> there might be a, uh, a bony structural muscular related issue with this. But a lot of times, we have adjusted kids uh, you know, using either activator or osseous adjustments. We've adjusted kids like this, and we've watched their legs actually straighten out um, because it's more of a neurologic thing versus a, an osseous thing. So once again, we need to assess what's really going on with this. Now, when we look at this young girl's knees, what are we noticing about her patella? They're not even, that's right, Shell. They're not even. You can see this one is way higher than this one. So what does that suggest? Is it her, there might be some structural stuff going on, right? In her, so that if both knees are the same level, you might say this might be neurological when they're kind of you know, both put together. But if one knee is higher than the other, then that suggests that there's some sort of structural stuff, maybe a tibial torsion going on or something else happening. So we need to assess these kind of things because uh, um, you know, this kind of stuff is gonna lead to all other kinds of issues too. Now what is this little youngster doing? <clears throat> this is called W sitting. <clears throat> w sitting. What is this indicative of? 
Hip dysplasia? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. We'll see this a lot in certain kids. All right, that's is interesting. Uh, no, children shouldn't sit this way. That's not bad. What this means is hypotonia, H-Y-P-O. This is hypotonia of the lower extremity. Any child who sits like this, you should be sitting with what we call crisscross applesauce, right? Where you're Indian style or whatever you want to, I don't like that term, but that's the, the term, the old term they used to use. Uh, but crisscross applesauce is the more the new term. If you're sitting like this, and this is your, once again, it's your predominant way to sit. Not like I sit this way once in a while, right? And it's not like she's not sitting on her, on her calves, you know, some kids will do that and they'll sit like this on their calves, right? And their rear end will be, you know, on their Achilles kind of thing. That's not a problem. We're talking about this where the legs actually come out. And if you look at this, it looks like the shape of a W. This indicates hypo, H-Y-P-O, tonia of the lower extremity. So she's got something going on, some neurological stuff, not necessarily hip, excuse me, hip dysplasia or structural. She's got some neurologic stuff happening with her hips. Uh, and with her lower extremity that needs to be worked on. So when you're adjusting this little girl, you have to be uh, understanding to give her exercises to strengthen her core and strengthen her lower extremity. Now what's happened with this little one? What's this called? <coughs> oh, this is way past pronation. This is club foot. This is club foot. Uh, sometimes it can be bilateral, where both feet are really, really introverted like this, um, or sometimes it comes out with one foot. Um, we have seen a, a lot of cases like this where um, the doctors have said you're going to have to have surgery, uh, and provided the child is receptive and the parents are receptive in doing a lot of exercises and stretching exercises, we've seen a number of children where through adjustments of their, uh, especially their calcaneus, uh, and the parents doing a lot of stretching uh, exercises that these kids are totally fine as they get older without surgery. But some of the kids are so severe that they need surgery. So we have a little boy who's in our practice uh, right now who is, a, who is bilateral, it's called talipes, bilateral talipes, um, and he's gonna have to have surgery. He's like six months now. He'll probably have surgery when he's about a year old. Um, but this is, once again, one of those things where it could be a structural issue that absolutely requires surgery, or it could be uh, a functional neurological issue that just requires the right adjustments and the right exercises from the mom at home to get this kid back to, <coughs> to where he or she should be. <coughs> and here's the last thing I want to show you. This is um, gait we'll see in cerebral palsy. Um, a lot of kids with cerebral palsy, I want you to look at this middle picture over here, will walk with it, what they call a scissors gait. Uh, and a scissors gait is kind of like this, where you'll see that first off, they're going to kind of toe in a little bit, but they're going to kind of put their feet kind of, as if they're walking on a, on a tightrope, but there's no tightrope. So they're always kind of putting their legs together like this, as if it's, uh, they, they call that a scissors gait. Uh, and that's one of the most common things you're going to see with these kids, um, that, that they, are, they are, are definitely going to be walking funny. You're also going to see, like it shows here, upper limb posturing, which means that they're using their upper limbs for balance and control, right, because they're not as sure-footed as, as a child who does not have cerebral palsy. Um, very often they'll be stooped over. Uh, a lot of times you'll see these kids will be very flat-footed because of the, the <coughs> issues, the muscular uh, and tonus issues um, that they're having. But these are, but especially this is the big thing here I want you to see is that scissored gait because of the way they have to walk uh, to compensate for um, their cerebral issues. So I wanted to show you some of these um, 
some of these very important lower extremity things that you might see over the course of your time in practice.